Please don't hump my lamb. Dude, I am seven fingers in the Jim Beam. Get the fucking chili hot dog out of my face. Your next comedian coming to the stage. He's so funny. He's such a hoot. And making yeah, sure let me shove this well. baby out of my out of my juiced up jibs and then stoner and the fat man. Fuck you, Mark. Mark, pull up, everybody. <laughs> Hello, folks, and welcome back to the Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast. I'm Mark Poulos, your host, as always. Uh, today, I'm going to uh, start a series of podcasts. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to release, you know, one of these a month or in a whole series or I don't know what it's going to be, but... I had this idea to uh, go back through some of my really old uh, comedy joke books, and we'll see how it goes, you know. I haven't actually looked through these things in years, so the, uh, you know, the first joke book might be the funniest out of all of them, because it's, uh, it's like year one, so... Um, but before I get into it, a little backstory on how I got into stand-up comedy. I uh, I really wanted, when I was coming out of college, to work in movies. I thought that somehow my career path was going to take me into film, not in front of the camera, but more or less like writing, directing, or editing movies because I was just such a huge fan. But the reality is that if you want a career in movies, you have to go to one of the coasts. So you'd have to like study at uh, UCLA out in uh, California or uh, like uh, the New York Film School uh, to really get uh, a good basis of film structure and screenwriting and all that stuff. So I just, uh, you know, I just didn't have the balls to go out to either of the coasts and actually give it a try so I decided uh, to try to learn the craft locally in Minneapolis so I got uh, involved with some guys that were making independent movies and that's why in my bio it says that I've been in Joni Loves Furbies and Attack of the Killer Snow Cone Zombies because uh, I did a bunch of like really low budget shitty independent movies with these guys just kind of trying to learn it and when I got out of college I went and I worked for uh, Channel 5 News for quite a while and just kind of thought that I could learn about cameras and editing and all that kind of stuff and the truth is that like all the equipment that's used at the uh, television station is like nowhere near the stuff that they use on movies so it really was kind of a waste of time, at least learning about films from the TV station. But I actually enjoyed the job a lot, and I started to think that maybe I could have a career as like a video editor or a photojournalist. And uh, so I started kind of learning all that stuff, and I got promoted to uh, overnight editor. So I would edit news footage for... Uh, you know, news video packages and stuff like that. And, uh, 
on the overnights there was like a real uh like there wasn't a lot of people to do the voiceover stuff for the the video so one night i had to go in there and i had to voice some script for this news footage and uh they ended up i kind of got hired as a second job of voicing news packages on the nighttime so i would go into the booth and try to be as newsmanny as i possibly could you know i'd be like 12 people died today in a roadside bomb in kosovo two survivors said that the u.s is going to get involved this is all news channel so that kind of stuff but uh it started that started making me think that maybe i could have a career in voiceover work you know doing characters or you know commercials for toilet paper or whatnot so that kind of got me into acting so i did a bunch of plays and uh went out for some tv shows and movies and commercials and stuff and i did a couple commercials however like every time i got a part in a commercial i either played a bouncer uh, a football player or a giant idiot like those are my parts and commercials but uh through that i started what I thought was training to become an actor. So I took a bunch of classes from one of these chop shop places, you know, like the John Roberts acting school or some bullshit. I paid him like five grand. It was like such a waste of time. But, uh, so the big crescendo to all the classes was that they would have this, this thing where they would take supposedly like, the top students from their classes to New York to this conference where you would audition for all the top agents in the country and you get signed by an agency or something. It was actually exciting, but, you know, when I got there and was doing the auditions and stuff, I realized how much of a scam it was. So when I came back from that, I was was a little pissed off, to say the least, because... It was one of those things where I uh, I quit my job and I was thinking this was actually going to be a career for me and it just didn't pan out so I was a little lost and uh, my mom was looking through the Sun Current newspaper, a free newspaper that got thrown on our doorstep and said that uh, they were having a comedy class down at the Minnesota Comedy Club to learn how to be a stand-up comic. She's like, you should go do that. You're so funny and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know, I was just so ticked off by the whole acting thing that I was just like, I don't know if I even want to bother. But she pushed me, and thank God she did. I went there, and uh, I think it was eight Sundays. Every Sunday for like three hours, we'd hang out, and uh, we worked with this uh, uh, professional comedian, scott novotny and and he taught us the craft of like writing jokes and stage presence and all this kind of stuff and it it really interested me a lot because here was this job that 
you know, you kind of made your own way in it. You know, obviously when you get to the upper tiers, it's all the same shit as acting where you have to go and audition and, you know, you got to have the right look and the right material and the right delivery for these people to pick, pick you up. But in the beginning of comedy, it's really all just about the amount of work that you put into it. You know, if you are, you know, disciplined writing and doing like three to four open mics a week and, you know, taking the criticisms and and recrafting and rewriting and kind of understanding the structures of jokes and all that kind of stuff, you can actually like, as a skill, uh, learn how to be a stand-up comic. And I'm not saying that like, everybody can be a stand-up comic if they just put in enough time obviously there are the uh you know the undeniables like some people are likable on stage and some aren't some are natural at uh being able to perform a joke you know I can't remember who told me, but a comic once told me, he said that there are three types of comedians in the world. There are comedians who are naturally funny, comedians that can learn to be funny, and comedians that will never be funny. Never be funny. And uh, I remember early on when I was when I was starting in comedy, there was a couple guys that would hang around the open mics and stuff. And they'd go up every week, and they'd kind of do the same spiel every week, and you could tell that they weren't really writing, and uh, it was just something about them that you knew that no matter how hard that they worked at it, they were probably never going to be able to figure it out. And I know that's, like, frustrating, where it's like you want something so bad, but it's just like, you know, sometimes you just don't have it. You know, like I took woodworking in high school and I made the shittiest birdhouse you could imagine. I just could not, for whatever reason, make it all fit with like a lathe and a bandsaw and all this kind of stuff. I just, I didn't have the, uh, I just don't have that thing for repairs and, and all that kind of stuff, which my wife is not too happy about that. I'm sure she wishes she married uh, a handier man, but I try. I, I'm getting better. I'm learning. I uh, did some painting and some repairs, and uh, I think I'm getting there. So, so what I've got uh, on this episode is my original comedy notebook. This was the notebook that I brought with me to uh, the stand-up comedy classes and uh, I was just kind of thumbing through it before I started recording and apparently uh, I had this notebook with me when I was going through uh, the acting classes because the notebook starts out with some acting class stuff but we'll go through it uh, because I think some of the original jokes that I wrote are probably going to be silly and stupid (laughs) so it's a uh, just a standard mead notebook and on the front a couple uh hello my name is tags that i apparently had during uh the comedy classes one of them says mark sucks that's good so let's see here 
so on the first page, it looks like just acting stuff. I was learning learning a uh, uh, an acting discipline called Meisner. And Meisner is an interesting acting discipline because it's all about kind of releasing yourself from reality and just trying to just escape into the role kind of thing. It's very alternative and that kind of stuff. But uh, so acting is the ability to behave truthfully under imaginary circumstances. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Let's see here. Treat the exercise as real. Behave as though no one is watching. I'm sure that's easy. Uh, let's see. This is more about the acting stuff. Oh, and on page three, just a drawing of a water bottle. I hope that's a water bottle. I don't know what that is. Oh, page four, a nice drawing of Odie. And then uh, I have no idea why I translated a paragraph into Spanish. Maybe this was around the time I was trying to graduate from college and I was having a horrible time testing out of Spanish. I went to the store today to buy milk and water. When I was there, one of my friends said, Hello. We talked for a while and he said we should have dinner tonight. I said yes, and I paid for my milk and water and left. That sounds like a very simple <laughs> paragraph to translate into Spanish. Voy a la tienda, hoy a compré la leche y agua. Cuando es uno amigo habla hola. <laughs> Let's see here. How am I being treated? Create conflict, treat it as a reality, don't diffuse. Oh, this is still acting stuff. Audition and the monologue, acting in sitcoms. Holy shit. The date on this acting in sitcom class is June 3rd, 2000. My god. That was 14 fucking years ago. 14 years ago. My god. It's 23. A lot of notes on. Acting with a camera, acting on TV, being in the frame, uh, where does the comedy begin? Reaction, props, business, this is all still acting stuff. Reaction studio. Let's see here. Tom Logan. This is more still acting stuff. Holy shit. How far does this go? Acting! It's surprising I took this many notes in the acting class. Must have really wanted this. Oh, okay. This was my uh, itinerary for the uh, the acting. Uh, it was called the uh, the International Model and Talent 
agency or association or something. IMTA. Got more acting stuff. Oh, <laughs> this is pretty funny. This is, uh, what the hell is this? Oh, these are all the things to remember when I go into an audition. Good energy. Come prepared, motivated. Slate, delivery, casting. Look in the camera, personality, believability, smile, monologue. Bring personality, stay in the mood, real, confident conversational eye contact this is all good stuff if you're thinking about acting remember all this what does this say I hope they aren't waiting for me at the barbecue I wish I was in a cool ice box it is so hot if I could kill someone I would I hate this place. I wish I was on a cool beach with sand underfoot. I wonder if the water is refreshing. I wonder what a magnet tastes like on the beach. I don't even know what the hell that was. It's kind of weird. But this is what happens when you open a can of worms. You go back into a notebook. And then it looks like... 10 empty pages and then notes from a Joan C conference where's the comedy Jackson okay I think we're there I think we found it I think we found the beginning the beginning of the insanity so let's see here. This looks like class number one. It's supposed to have an intro, appearance. Oh, okay. So these are like the first kind of funny things to just get your mind working. I was supposed to write a joke about my name, my appearance, something about Minnesota, something that pisses you off. Uh leave with a joke include three things from the 70 things okay this looks like my first uh, my first set here get ready because I believe this is the actual set from the first time I was ever on stage <laughs> my name is Mark Poulos as a kid they called me poops a lot then I hit 6-6 six, six. no one calls me anything and I call myself Mark Sweetpants wanna make fun of it <laughs> and then in parentheses it says stare as though I was supposed to deliver that line and then stare Minnesota the only state where for a week and a half the news the newscast pack up and go to the state fair and the top story who has the best corn dog and what's with the butterheads <laughs> what a good, such a good transition <laughs> how long has the state fair been around 
like a hundred years did they have acid back then you would have to do some drug to want to carve someone's head out of butter tornadoes jailbreaks drive-bys but let's talk about the elk burger the best new thing at the fair but the antlers are tough to chew hey oh <laughs> the patent office just discovered there was a defect huh oh what <laughs> The patent office just discovered that a woman was defective. She had a crack in her ass. <laughs> God, I hate reading this shit. <laughs> There's a website devoted to spandex bondage wear. Who shops at this site? Probably the girl that discovered she had a crack in her ass. <laughs> My parent just recently got on the internet and left me and let me tell you it's quite refreshing to get emails from your dad with penis songs. Right after that just says old lady fart joke. <laughs> I wonder what that was cuz that sounds like a gem. I wish I had that old lady fart joke. That would be great. Okay, so some more great bits. Be hip, 24-year-old dance, see the new dances, smack asses, pelvic thrusting. When did they invent this? During sex? <laughs> oh, God. Had a date last night. Say thank you. No. <laughs> So it says, had a date last night, and then in parentheses, say thank you to your hand and kiss it. <laughs> oh, man. God, I was the worst. <laughs> oh, what's the next one here? Dating is fucked up. Now you got... Dating services, dating lines, dating websites, chat rooms, dating parties. I've had such bad trouble with these things on the web. I got talking to a girl and she turned out to be 50 years old and a homosexual. I did the dating service. Please tell me there's more to that joke on the back. Oh. And they kept matching me up with six foot two brute women. Who really wants to. Who really want to break me? <laughs> I tried the dating party, but I showed up to the wrong one. I mean, I thought I had hit the jackpot. Me and 40 women? I'd have to score till I saw two women making out in the dance floor, and I realized I was in the wrong party go to de oh I don't even know what that is it's a horrible joke oh hey 
an Olympic bit. Maybe I can use that on stage tonight. Let's check this out. This year they've added 4,000 new competitions. Water polo, watching the Olympics. Into they want to spice up. They need to spice up the games. They show people growing up and training. Uh, who who watches us? Wants to be a oh, who grows up and wants to be a polo a water polo player? Father, I'd like to be a water polo player. How do you uh, recruit for? water polo is there just some guy walking around volleyball courts and saying you ever try that in water <laughs> that's actually not that bad of a joke <laughs> let's see what else we got here so we've got uh, is there ever a drink or alcohol that makes you sink sick just smelling it for me it was Bacardi just a whiff makes me sick. For my, for me and my dad, for my dad it was vanilla. He would throw up when we were baking cookies. Any binge drinkers in the audience tonight? <laughs> Why the fuck would I say that? I had to give it up. Binge drinking. I was running out of underwear. God, man. I wasn't even literate when I was writing my first jokes. And the next page just looks like gibberish and phone numbers. And then... Uh, dun, dun, dun. Oh, these are the directions to the comedy class. Okay. Some more bits here. Have you ever noticed that the company name on the public toilet seats is Church? I can guess where they got that name. I've done some praying while I've been in the bathroom. <laughs> Calling Ralph on the big white phone. <laughs> the Technicolor yawn. Tossing my cookies, blowing chunks, or just puking. I was peeing next to a guy in Vegas, and he started singing... Or he started saying the Pledge of Allegiance. So I just joined in. <laughs> okay. Uh, birthdays. Have you ever forgot how old you were and had to look at your license? That's some brain fart that makes you forget birthdays as a kid. So I plan... Oh, this might be a callback. Let me read this again. Ah, <laughs> uh, birthdays as a kid were so planned out. You'd get the uh, the cake, the presents, the clowns, the dinner, maybe an amusement park. Now it's just basically a box of donut holes in the nearest strip club for some binge drinking, huh? Callback. Let's see. Dun, dun, dun. Need some more gems. Need some more gems here. I was at a high-tech wedding this summer, 
after they said I do, they ran a video on the big screen showing montages of their lives. I was waiting for the after video, and the priests say, I now pronounce you man and wife, for the strobe lights to come on and have let's get ready to rumble. The ideal man wedding, in parentheses. Actually, wait a minute. I think this was the actual set that I did on stage. Hey everybody, my name is Mark Poulos. It was hell growing up with that lame, that name, because it started with Poo. You could imagine the nicknames. Mark Poopy Pants, Mark Poops a Lot, Mark Dickhead. That guy wasn't too creative. Yeah, but I, since I've hit 6'6", 285, 285, holy shit. God, I wish I was 285. The nicknames have become more respectable, like Sir, Great One, or Messiah. So I started calling myself Mark Sweetpants. Want to make fun of it? Didn't think so. To tell you the truth, I'm not much of a fighter. It could be because that no one will fight me. But I'm not a violent person. I credit that to my father. When I was 12, helping him cut the grass, he told me to go plug the weed whacker in. It was 8 a.m. and the grass was all moist. When I plugged the cord in, I got electrocuted. So I sat in the grass and cried. And my dad said, what's your problem? It's only a couple volts. volts. Shake it off, pussy. <laughs> That's a true story, by the way. My dad was cutting the grass with a weed whacker, and he asked me to go plug it in, and I got shocked, and I got scared, and I started crying, and he came up to me, and he said, what the hell's going on? And I go, I go, I just got electrocuted, and he's like, oh, God, it couldn't have been more than a couple volts, volts shaken off. <laughs> oh, I wrote a saver line, and if you're not aware in comedy, a saver line is what you do if... A joke doesn't hit, and then you can say something to save the moment. Some of the classic savers are, uh... Ooh, you guys didn't like that joke. I'm sweating up here like, my, uh, like Mike Tyson at a spelling bee. Or, uh... uh Michael Jackson at a trial or something weird like that. Let's see what mine says. Well, that, that joke worked as well as a mini donut stand outside of Weight Watchers. <laughs> That's a good saver line. Oh, and I wrote a heckler line in case I had a heckler. Ladies and gentlemen, Senator Ted Kennedy, aren't you on the wagon? <laughs> oh, this is probably the best one. That's the last time I let my niece write a joke for me, bitch. <laughs> That's a good saver line. Oh, and then the uh, the lists of the people that were in class. There was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. 17 people that took that class, and we split it up into two nights. The first night it was Brian, Toby, Tom, Anne, me, Megan, Judy, and John. Then night two was Pete. Uh, Jenny, Jeff, Edith, I'm sure she was uh, a sprightly gal, Rick, Lee, Brad, Brandy, and Scott. Oh, back alley acting. I, oh, I remember that joke. That was pretty funny. 
I wrote this joke about uh, how I was. Uh, I never got any work as an actor, so you know, acting isn't like comedy where you can go do like an open mic. So I would just hide in an alley near a sensor light, and when the sensor light would go off, I would just like start doing monologues from like famous movies and plays. So I would turn around on stage and I would go click, and then I'd be like. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Click. Like, the light just went off, so I'd turn back around, and then I'd go, click. <laughs> like, where art far thou, my Romeo? Click, and just turn around. Actually worked pretty good. I was pretty proud of that joke. Drunk guy on the train tracks illness to Singapore, publishing a book on sex and cars, French town cemetery plots. The government won't let you die anymore. Oh, I remember that story. There's a story about a town in France where they, they had run out of places to bury people. So they uh, they basically were saying that you couldn't, uh, you couldn't die anymore. Paxil, this is a new drug that helps you overcome social anxiety disorder. Apparently these people have not found the less harmful, less expensive alternative, alcohol. Now, many people do you know who wouldn't become everyone's friend after a couple shots of Jägermeister? If this disease exists, every pimple-faced-shy computer geek will have to be force-fed this shit so they will go to prom. <laughs> okay. Please, ladies, fight off the urge to throw your panties up here on stage because I'm allergic to cotton. Oh, God, I remember that joke. I thought that was, like, the greatest joke I'd ever written when I wrote it. Don't throw your panties at me because I'm allergic to cotton, which I'm not. It's just a stupid joke. What's it with the stupid people? Uh, what's with the stupid shit people will say during TRL? And if you don't know, TRL was Total Request Live. It was on MTV. It was the top ten videos every day. So what's with the stupid shit people say during TRL, and why do they have to scream it makes it so hard to jerk off to britney spears <laughs> it was pretty funny yeah i wasn't too bad right off the bat for this being my first my first joke book you guys look around at me and say why isn't he playing football while well, i have bad knees it's from all those years of begging for sex it's pretty good do you have any friends that marvel in their own magnificence and show off their turds my roommate in college was like that one time he called us in for our own morbid curiosity we went and looked he just had this huge poop and he said who's been fucking you in the ass like i don't even know what that joke is <laughs> When you get older, you always seem to remember advice and rules you got as a kid. The other day, I was in downtown Minneapolis. When I crossed the street, I grabbed a guy's hand to cross the street. We've been dating for three months now. Oh. I don't know about that joke. Let's see what else we got in here. Is this the last one? I might have... Is that it? Oh, there's something else. Oh, there's a couple more. What is this? Alright. Almost done with joke book one. Let's see what we got here. 
bad water turned out giving prizes and now uh, that doesn't make any sense Pillsbury cookies in a bag grandma vanilla cookie dough eggs wait is this a recipe for cookies <laughs> uh oh i don't know what the hell that says guy in oklahoma lost oh a guy in oklahoma lost to a dead guy there are many people i would accept losing to but how do you show your face around town when you lose to a dead guy <laughs> that is true santa homophobic commercial easter bunny std commercial tooth fairy doing douche commercials girl smoking crack and no dose this must have been around election time. Election settled in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> oh, God. Did I really write that down? I don't come to your job and put a dollar in your G-string. Oh, God. I just want to rip that page out of the notebook and light it on fire. 30 seconds. Okay. I think this... I think this is the last official joke from uh, joke book number one written I think it was September 2000 was when I started writing in this joke book yeah this is it so here's the big ending let's see what we got here it's actually a pretty long joke so maybe it's maybe it's good Let's have some applause for the poor, if you're poor. I am so poor, I went to the grocery on the same day with disguises. I had soup for dinner last night. What? Oh, I remember this joke now. That I was saying that I was so poor that I was going to the grocery store with disguises so I could keep going to the, the free samples. I had soup for dinner last night. I bo I boiled some water and shook out the toaster. <laughs> That's actually not bad. You know, you got to make things stretch. You go to Cub and buy a stick of gum and steal 40 plastic bags for your garbage pails and paper bags for your recycling. You sit at home and pray that samples come in the mail. I really need to wash my hair, brush my teeth, and put deodorant on. It's been a week. You look around your house to find creative things to put together. Tuna and SpaghettiOs, eggs and tuna, SpaghettiOs, eggs and tuna, <laughs> good stuff. You have to use toilet paper as paper towels and vice versa. And anyone who has ever used paper towels as toilet paper, I sympathize. It's like it's like wiping with six grit sandpaper. After a couple days, you're ready to blow Mr. Whipple for a roll. There it is. That was my first joke book. <clears throat> and, uh, it's amazing to go back and look. Uh, I, I obviously kept all my joke books, but there's a there's a great movie called Comedian where they're following around Jerry Seinfeld as he writes a whole new hour and kind of starts his career over 
after he retired all of his material, but they were also spotlighting this other comic that's out there called Orny Adams, and uh, he was just like a material monster. Like, he was showing all of his notebooks, and he had like an entire bookshelf of notebooks, and at that time he'd only been doing comedy for like seven years, and he had like thousands of comedy notebooks where he was just like writing and writing and writing. And the key is, you know, when you just, an idea comes up, you just want to write it down, you know, and a lot of times it's not that good, but, you know, at some point you can go back and, and, you know, maybe take those jokes and make them funny or whatever, but you just got to write it down because, you know, George Carlin always said that, uh, write it down or it doesn't exist, you know, because you think about, as a comedian, you're you're kind of, they say your antennas are up, so you notice a lot of different things, and, you know, so you write more stuff and whatever, and so you just got to write and write and write, and sometimes you get good stuff, and sometimes you get shit, you know, but you got to write, that's what takes you to the other side, so I hope you guys enjoyed this, uh, uh, first of many notebook podcasts. Uh, I'm sure as the episodes go on, the, uh, the old jokes will get better and, uh, maybe we'll find some gems in there that I can, uh, bring to the stage. But, uh, as always, if you want to find out more about me, largedrunkman.com, uh, Podbean is where the, uh, Unbridled Enthusiasm podcast, we're, we are on iTunes now, so if you want to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, every time one gets posted, uh, it'll update. I'm on SoundCloud, uh, Facebook, and, uh, rooftopcomedy.com, and, and all my comedy albums are up on iTunes, so. Thanks again for tuning in to the Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast. Tune in next time when we talk about who knows.